What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, gig economy news and interviews, sponsored by Para and ParaWorks. I'm your host, SJ. It's time to get it on. everybody to the thursday night gig worker rodeo roundtable um let me welcome our panel first gary nope hannibal nope <laughs> kim <laughs> kim's side money plans uh we got john president uh, dash theory tv and then we got two fill-ins we got ron Andre courier um and then we have sergio who's our guest from Show Me the Money Club and the RSG rideshare guy. Hey everybody! So um, this is our lineup tonight, you guys, and we're going to uh, try and cover as much as we can out of this stuff. Let's see where we get. Um, sometimes when Sergio's on, the topics can just roll forever. <laughs> so we'll try. <laughs> we'll try and contain the time, but we'll see what happens. Time um, is irrelevant. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> time is a construct. That's right. And, and, and you prove that. You're, you're the theory guy. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me uh, let me sh let me say hi to the chat real quick. Uh, Gary Middleton is in the chat. Hi, Gary. Um, oh, hey, Gary. in here. <laughs> what are you doing? Gary, come on now. <laughs> What's up, Todd? What's up, Thomas? How are you? What's up, Rick? Um, hi, Holly. And um, what's up, Grandpa? How are you, Brandon? Um, what's up, Jason uh, from Gig Economy Podcast? And uh, yeah, I think I got everybody. So for now, um, you guys uh, and hey, Chris Taylor and hey, hey, Chris from Real Rideshare Stories. There's uh, the other co-host of uh, of Show Me the Money Club. Oh, so, my partner in crime is here. Yes, John he just came in. Um, and there's Sean from Tennessee. There's John McCallion. Okay, we're getting a crowd in here. Let's uh, and it's all all the regular usual suspects. So, um, let's uh, I guess let's get into it. Um, I'm gonna let Kim lead off some story tonight. Uh, I'll okay. let you pick which one you want to do first. Um, I'll do the Instacart one first, just because we've been talking about um, Instacart shoppers like the past couple weeks, taking stuff from people's carts and bringing in their own. So I'm actually, I'm glad Christopher Taylor's here because he actually sent it to me. Um, it was a really short article. It wasn't that big, but um, it was about this TikToker who went viral because she's actually an Instacart um, customer who says she keeps getting items, random items into her bag. And she's claiming that the shopper is doing it on purpose for whatever reason. So I actually went to the TikTok itself and was reading through a lot of the comments. And there were a lot of shoppers like defending the other shoppers saying we get two, three batches and it probably was just a mix up and it happens a lot. 
And then like there was the other side of the story where a lot of people are saying that they are still getting stuff that is not on the receipt, but they're getting charged for. So I feel like it's like a constant battle lately on, you know, customers versus shoppers and shoppers giving a lot of shoppers a bad name because they're doing unethical things. So um, that was kind of the TikTok. But what I thought was interesting, the one comment said, the shopper went and marked all items unavailable through a text, but bought all the ingredients for a chili and then kept it for themselves. And I'm like, that's really random. But there's more comments like that. Um, so hmm. I just think it's very, it kind of ties into what we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks. And I want to throw in, because I found a story today about another in, uh, an Instacart customer. And, you know, you got to watch these TikToks and things like that and make sure that they're genuine because some people are doing them for views, clearly. This one was genuine. And this person was talking about that she understands that they upcharge items 10 to 30%, that she understands she's been using the platform. She, she gets it. She clearly stated she got it. She understands that she's being overcharged. Um, but she said that she was... Uh, that she she asked she she begged and tipped cash to the shopper to give her the actual receipt because as we know Instacart says do not give the receipt out do not show them the store receipt because they'll see how much they overpaid on the items um, so you're as an Instacart shopper you are not supposed to give that out so she tipped her cash and the the shopper actually requested please don't you know please don't leave any feedback about that or whatever because I don't want to get in trouble. Um, but she wanted one of the items that she ordered was a um, a chicken, so a rotisserie chicken from the grocery store, priced at eleven ninety nine. It was nineteen ninety seven hmm. for just that one item. Wow, that's insane. I mean, that's almost that's almost doubling the price, and then all the fees for Instacart and this, that, the other. There was wow. another person too. I was looking up some of these. There was another person who put that they needed um, that her and her husband were sick. They needed uh, a couple things from Walgreens. They needed a humidifier, um, medicine, and something else. And I think it was a few things of Gatorade or something. And she said that it would have been cheaper to take an Uber each way. And to go to Walgreens herself and buy it than it would be through Instacart. That's what I'd want to. I'd want to fact check that one because Ubers are pretty expensive. Uh, Instacart's pretty much mm. ripping people off. I mean, they're both ripping <laughs> people off, but I mean, that's the question: who rips people off more? Is the real question there? Is it more Instacart or more Uber nowadays? Yeah, I would have to fact check this too, but I had a customer, I did a shop and deliver for Uber Eats a couple of times and they actually know me by name by now. And they're a super sweet couple, but they said that they stopped doing Instacart and went to Uber Eats because Uber Eats is so much cheaper to use as a platform for their grocery shopping than Instacart is. Yeah, But I don't know the comparison. I do know that, like, right now, these platforms that are trying to expand, like, specifically Uber Eats and DoorDash into groceries, they're putting a lot of discounts out there right now. So it's cheaper probably at the moment, six months down the road, whether that'll be the same story. Um, I, I doubt it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I one thing, if I can add something, Instacart is the only one out of these gig companies 
that's sizable enough that hasn't gone public yet, right? Mm -hmm. And we know what has happened to their private valuations over the last couple of years. First, it was 50 bill. Now it's down to 30 bill. And then now it's down to, you know, almost single digits now. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're going to go public this year at some point. So they may be buffering their little, you know, bank accounts before that's for the investors or the, for the institutional investors are going to invest obviously at the IPO for them to look nice and then float the shares out there because they got a massive, massive um, haircut with the valuation. So, so yeah, let me ask, speaking of that, Sergio, let me ask you, cause you have a little experience with that stuff. What do you, after what happened with all these other gig apps, you and I have talked about how just, you know, instantly they went to half their value and then lower, yeah. What happens to an Instacart that was forty-eight billion now mm -hmm. at ten, probably mm -hmm. lower, like you said, but mm -hmm. calling it ten, if they oh. do go public at this point, isn't isn't the market still going to react to them? Like, where's your assets? What do you have? Well, none of them have assets. I mean, look, they That's all what I mean. public, they all went public at very, very, very high prices anyway. I mean, if you look at you know the rideshare companies, mm -hmm. they still haven't come anywhere near um, their IPO prices. In fact, Lyft is probably down no. eighty percent from its IPO price, yeah. which we'll talk about that later. But Instacart, what will happen is that they will do a roadshow, and then the the underwriter will decide what kind of valuation to put on to leave some room, wiggle room for the institutional investors to make money and get out first. And then the company will start announcing public earnings and then, you know, the market will take it where it's going to go. But um, look, I mean, I have a very clear opinion when it comes to all these. Like I listened to the DoorDash uh, conference call today, the earnings were today. Um, all, you know, to me, I mean, this, is, this has gotten ridiculous now over the last decade with rideshare and doordash and and lyft and uber and now instacart uh, at some point somebody has to say it, so might as well be me because the, all these last mile delivery companies um are in horrible businesses there is no money to be made in this business period no and, and there's nowhere right. they can go yeah. to to make well, it better really you know they're, they're already at a breaking point as far as what they're charging yeah. And they're at a breaking point is, you know, what they're paying. You can't, you can't go really much lower than 225, 250 per delivery for a delivery fee and keep your drivers. Yeah, stuff, I mean, well, so. the thing, the thing is that, you know, the drivers in the delivery world are working for tips basically anyway. Right. Um, I mean, honestly, I'm going to get t-shirts done for myself saying I work for tips. <laughs> I mean, it's a fact, right? So yeah. to me, if, if, this is, you know, if during the pandemic, the DoorDash couldn't make money, actual money. I'm not talking fuzzy money because they all report fuzzy money called EBITDA right. earnings, which is earnings before interest, you know, taxes, depreciation and amortization. That's funny money. That's not real money. So, you know, I could look like Brad Pitt if I was valuing myself <laughs> as EBITDA. Okay? <laughs> I'm never going to look like Brad Pitt. So I have my mind is gap earnings. So long story short. <laughs> If DoorDash couldn't make money during a pandemic where demand was through the roof and this last quarter right. that they had was absolutely a banger quarter, they still can't make money. They lost $640 million this quarter. You know, same thing with rideshare. I mean, if it's if it hasn't been proven that these companies are in horrible businesses, right? I mean, rideshare, you know, taxi cabs, they, they, they uh, disrupted taxi cabs. So then food delivery, then trucking now. All these businesses historically have been extremely, extremely low margin businesses to start with. So if you disrupt a business that has 3% margins, your best coders and your best algos are not going to be able to squeeze blood out of the rock. 
and it's it's proof now. I mean, it's proof. Yeah. I, mean, I don't have to go further than that. So I just wanted to add that. Sorry, but um, oh. yeah, I, Instacart I think will go public, and the Wall Street, Wall Street crowd will figure it out. They will short the crap out of it, and it'll be three billion dollar valuation in a year, and they'll make their money. But the insiders will get out. They'll make a couple of billion each. The founders or whoever the VCs are, venture capital firms, so invested, and that's it. I mean. You know, that's what it's all about. When you go public, you just float the shares. And now you have public shareholders and, you know, um, you have to come clean at some point. And that's what's going to happen. I, I, ask, I, th I think none of these companies are ever going to make money. If you can't make money now with what you're paying to the driver and while you're charging the customer, mm -hmm. you're going to make money. I mean, yeah. No, I agree. And uh, it's, it's funny you said that you think that, like, in a couple of years, they'll be at $3 billion. So that's yeah. kind of answers my question. If they were to go IPO today, you know, like, are they worth 10? No, they're worth about three. It would just take a minute to get there. It takes yeah. time. You know, yeah. it takes time. It takes time for... But it's funny how, like, even, like, you're just kind of putting out a number, but really, you've probably thought it through on some level, and that's probably close to their real value. If that, yeah. Yeah, if that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> funny money. Sergio pulls no punches. Thanks, Thomas. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you, Thomas. <Colin. laughs> I guess you watch me on Show Me the Money. There you go. It must be. It must be the <laughs> I mean, it's reality, man. You know, somebody's got to call the reality. Everybody's trying to sugarcoat stuff. Just call it the no, way. It no. is. Hey, look, that's what we do here. We talk honest. That's maybe yeah. why some people don't like it. You know, <laughs> no, they and like other it, people do because they that's like what it. We they, do here. You know, your audience reads it. You know, you know it, Steve. Your audience yeah. reads. It. You know, a lot of people may not know Wall Street, may not know the Ibita, this and that. But at least when they watch you, they figure it out. This guy's a straight shooter, and it's attracting, actually, as opposed to doing some BS TikTok video and get your 10 minutes of fame. You know what I mean? So it's like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Kim, what's the other one? What's the door? Okay, answer? so the other one. So you're going to have to bear with me because I feel like it's a pretty long story. But it, the title is DoorDash driver gets thrown under the bus by a customer who said she never got her food the DoorDash driver proves she was lying and she gets arrested. Huh? <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is the first me. arrest we have, guys, on a DoorDash incident. I know. Too. I was actually so kind of good. like going, yes, um, slightly <laughs> as I was reading this. So a DoorDash driver, and this happened a year ago, he went to go deliver a lunch to, I guess, a nurse in a hospital no notes i guess it was a handed to me it didn't say it was but i'm assuming it was and it says um please call when you arrive so he calls no answer calls again no answer waits and waits and still no answer so i'm assuming he did the timer because in statement he said that he had to leave it in a secure location and that's usually what happens when you start the timer so that he hands it to the desk that is at the hospital where he, what it was secure. The lady takes it. Five minutes goes by after he leaves and his phone starts flowing up with text messages from this customer, basically cursing him out, calling him an effing idiot. Um, where's my food? Um, he apologizes and says where it's at. Five minutes later goes by and he gets an alert saying that the customer reported that she never received her food and also gave him a one-star rating. 
So he didn't like that. This part, I'm like, er, I don't know about that. But he went back to the hospital. He had support <laughs> on the phone with him as he's entering the hospital. The support agent told him that if he can prove that it was delivered, then the violation would go away. The one-star rating would go away. He would be all good. So went to the desk. The desk actually said the lady came down and picked up her food and, um, they actually had security there and they can prove with video footage because they had a camera pointed at the desk. So security came and they actually called the nurse to the, um, I guess, to the station and asked her to tell support that she received her food and she refused to do so and refused to pay for the actual order <laughs> itself. So security actually called the police <laughs> and um, security actually told her, well, we're going to have to call the police if you're not willing to pay for the item. So police get called and she gets arrested. <laughs> she fought the whole entire time. And then I guess months later, he didn't hear anything, but he heard from a detective in the meantime. He actually asked the detective if it was even worth pursuing. And she said it was because she was refusing and a whole bunch of other legal terms. But anyway, long story made short, she played guilty and he got restitution for the items that were not paid for. <laughs> It's great. It's great. To, we talk about the good stories. I know that one isn't, but it feels so good. It was good for the delivery drivers. His thing is, is he, she's a nurse and the way that he was treated and talked to, and she's caring for patients at the same time. And that was his biggest, his biggest thing was like the texting and yeah, falsifying the claim. But his biggest thing was being disrespected through the text messages he was receiving. All for 225. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you know, but I mean, I guess that what I take away from that is, I mean, look at the mindset that guy got into. And I, you know, maybe if I was my first day in the gig economy, I would be like, why would he go back? And now I, know, I fully get it. I fully get that kind of anger. Like, you know what? Enough. I'm going back and I'm dealing with this. Like I have the time today. Yeah. yeah I have the time. You know what? Forget it. I'm like just hitting your snapping point and being like, that's it. I'm going back. It's a, it's a, it's a hospital. They have to have security footage. He might've even yeah. been thinking that, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go catch her. Yeah, you know? yeah, he so, was saying he was he was three years into doing food delivery for DoorDash, and he had two thousand deliveries under his belt. So, like, he knew what he was doing. He was an experienced driver. I'm pretty sure he said, you know, enough. And this was he said it was almost kind of right after like pandemic time. So it was when I felt like the height of a lot of people were getting away with stuff that they shouldn't be getting away with. So. Yeah. So, Too many people yeah. in the house. Customer on. got arrested. <laughs> you know what? If they're gonna if they're gonna push it that far, they should. They had enough outs to just deal with it. I you was know? proud of the driver though for going, not confronting the customer, but going back to the place yeah. where he dropped it off to say, "Hey, can you verify that I dropped this off?" Because they're not saying I did. So. For, I never believe in confronting customers, but if you're going back to verify with someone that's not the customer that you dropped it off, I'm like, okay, you know what? I get it. And if it gets you out of trouble, good for him. 
What an awkward position for that person, though, too, because you know that desk person knows the person who was arrested. Right. Like, on a pretty good like, level, yeah. but, but they knew, like, man, I'm being videotaped. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to narc him out here. <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to tell him to watch the tapes. I'm like, ah. Well, I, I, don't want that, I don't want that nurse to draw my blood. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> you, can, you can take that. Well, come on, man. Yeah. I, uh, that's, that's a. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so I won't even won't... get into it because I want to move into some of the other things while we have Sergio here this week. But I do have, there is a story on Rideshare Rodeo that's on yesterday's post. It's in the news of that that says, um, or maybe it was today's, that says, I don't need your extra tip. DoorDash driver says customer tried to service him when he made the delivery. I'll let you guys go read that. You can already imagine what service him means. <laughs> So I'm like, what? Yeah, I read that article. I was like, interesting. And he got a tip. So he got a tip, and then that was offered to him. He didn't accept it. No, I wouldn't. Is that family that the story. show or what? <laughs> I mean, so the, 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 the gist of it was that, uh, if I recall this correctly, he was delivering to a hotel. And then no. uh, when he goes up to deliver it, it says, I don't know, I think it was a leave that door handed to me type of thing. If I recall. And then so, you know, not to leave the door, they tell them just to, you know, wait there. And then when they come to the door in a towel, they try to grab his arm and bring him in, uh, to which he resisted. And uh, yeah, that then he has a story to tell. But I mean, a situation like that is fishy just in case, and also in different ways. I would a random room at a hotel, who knows what's in there. Honestly, wow. like, dude, that's pretty weird for a person in a towel to try and pull you in. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I want to think that's a setup to me. I'm like, oh, that sounds like a setup. This is a setup. Yeah, I don't know what they want from me. me. <laughs> it never happened to me. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> you got to deliver it to, like, obviously a place with a lot of hotels, which nobody wants to deliver to a hotel oh, in the first place. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I always make them come down to the lobby. I Hotels freak me out for whatever reason. There's so but many But see, sometimes that... they're like the, you know, they're those exterior hotels. And like, yeah, the front desk person isn't there. They're like, the room's over there, man. Whatever. That's yeah, Colfax. I'm yeah, it's Colfax. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an extended stay. Like, okay, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. When Ron's mentioning Colfax, Ron and I are both in Denver. Colfax is a very popular street out here. In fact, not far from where I am is the Hourly Hotel where half of the Denver Broncos were arrested for, with prostitutes about seven years ago, which was a, a big event. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's crazy stuff. But while we have Sergio here, I threw him six topics that I've kind of been talking about, looking into. So I'm going to let him just kind of start us on any of them that, that you like or that you want to give an opinion on. Um, because I think okay. that we can all, we'll all have, we'll all have talking points on these, but. Sure. Um, so uh, your one and two are kind of, yeah, they're the same. same right? It was just two. It was just two articles. Yeah. Yeah. So I I I've read these articles, but I don't want to go through it now. I'll just read yeah, your no, notes, no. and then I'll just read your notes and just talk a couple of minutes on each. Um. So the first one says Uber and Lyft fares skyrocketed, but drivers didn't see all the benefits. And the second one is Uber and Lyft driver pay isn't keeping up with soaring fares. Well, um, they're kind of the same. Yeah. articles so let's talk about that so it's a fact right since 2019 um uber or rideshare in general fares have gone up 
depending on where you are in the country, between 39 and 52 percent. And so basically, if you did a same distance and duration trip in 2019, you paid 10. Now you're paying 15. Right. That's 50 mm -hmm. percent. Um, so the articles are talking about what percentage of that 50 percent the drivers are you know, getting. Right. Because Uber is charging more. Um, the problem with the with that thought process is that um, this is a two two sided marketplace. All these services are two sided marketplaces. So it's not rocket science. It's it's to make money. You have to charge as much as you can. You have to pay as little as you can. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the key, right? So through the algorithms, they can easily manipulate all these. The take it's called a take rate. So if you, if you want to put it mildly uber and lyft's take rate when the the days of i call it um subsidized fantasy land when they had vc money pouring in um just to you know get a foothold as 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 a new industry i guess and kill the cabs obviously or any other transportation and, and so what they did was they took all the vc money and got all the passengers. So they were looking for growth to grow, to get all the passengers on their platforms. Well, in order to do that, you have to undercut the other industries. But besides that, you have to offer some ridiculously cheap fares. Okay. So cheap fares would be 10 miles for 10 bucks. I mean, for God's sakes, right? Everybody knows math. 10 bucks for 10 miles is not reasonable. In a cab, that would be 50 bucks. So well, what they did was they, they went for scale and they went for growth because that's what Wall Street wants. So they got there. And in 2019, Lyft and Uber went public within months of each other. So once they went public, now the focus kind of changed from growth to profitability. Well, now you got to show me the money. You have to make money, actual money. Well, they still haven't. But in order to make money or increase the take rate, which means whatever the passenger is paying, Uber takes that cut and then pays the rest, you know, to the to the drivers. And obviously, look, a lot of people comment on our channel saying that, oh, Uber takes 50 percent, Uber takes 60 percent, whatever. OK, I'm not going to talk about Lyft. I'm just going to say Uber. Mm -hmm. So, so um, it's not true. Right. Because what happens is that um, when Uber charges 15 bucks for a trip, driver makes driver contends a lot of drivers say that i'm only making seven and a half well that's not true you have to understand that take rate even if it says 50 percent uber is a corporation with twenty three thousand global employees and i'm pretty sure they're not cheap employees they're all coders they're all making at least double six figures you know they have their expenses as well so uber's take rate though in general since 2019 has increased from single digits, which used to be about 9%. As of the last quarter, global take rates stood at 27%. So how did that 9% get up to 27%? Well, exactly what these articles say. So they started charging more and paying less, charging more and paying less, charging more and paying less. And ultimately, last year, they came up with this amazing, amazing algorithm which completely separated now what the passenger pays from what the driver receives. It's called upfront fares and upfront destination. While they sold it as it's to totally transparent, now you know where the passenger going. Here's the price of the trip for you upfront. Before, we used to get paid like miles 
in miles and minutes, you know, time and distance like cabs. Well, that went away. They said there's no more rate card. The algorithm is going to figure out these 70 things in a black box and throw, you know, a price to the driver. Sounds like DoorDash. To take it or leave it it kind of a thing, which is bogus. I'm not buying that. But I did some research and I did, you know, a whole bunch of articles on that. I put like hundreds and hundreds of um, trips on a spreadsheet and it's a cut, right? So I've been around since 2015 as a driver on both platforms, right share driver. And I've been through five rate cuts, okay? I can tell you it, it, I have a lot of scar tissue when it comes to rest share. So in 2015, when I first started, in, I'm in LA. So in LA, we used to get paid dollar thirty a mile, okay? And close to 40 and is this for Is this for X? Is this for UberX? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the most popular platform, so we'll talk about Uber. Okay. Yeah. So dollar thirty a mile and close to forty cents a minute, right? So each mile I drove, each minute I drove, I know what I'm making from when I received the request. I knew how much this was I was going to make. Well, fast forward seven years to 2022, the last rate cut came, and my rates went to sixty cents a mile and twenty one cents a minute. Now consider. Mm-hmm. The IRS deduction is 65 and a half cents this year, okay? Mileage deduction. So they're paying me 60 cents a mile. So the profitability in this is like really sketchy now. So, right? But unfortunately, a lot of rideshare drivers are mass challenged. They don't understand that they're losing money, basically doing it for charity. So the articles are correct. I mean, there is nothing you can do because. And I'm, you know, I may get some help mail, you know, but if I was Uber, I would be doing the same thing because I'm trying to make money. And the other thing is their way of making money is by paying you less. You're out there hours and hours, you know, your, your, your way of making money is make the most amount of money in the shortest period of time. And Uber's opinion of this is diametrically opposed, opposite of yours, Right. They're trying to make as much money. You're trying to make as much money, but they control the pricing. So that's when it comes to the wishy-washy independent contractors kind of a situation because we don't call the shots. So we know what has happened since 2019 with inflation. Everybody's getting hurt. Gas prices, especially in California, went up to seven and change. You know, a set of tires I buy in 2019 is double now. Maintenance is expensive because it's all on us, on the drivers. Well, on top of that, when you add this wonderful algorithm now that they go, here, take it or leave it. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to take it. I'm going to cherry pick and I'm going to decline garbage, which is sitting on my head. <laughs> so to me, to me, this is a true article. And it's, sh- it's a shame that we're here, right? And a lot of drivers, I feel like they're doing it for charity. I really do. But, you know, Uber and Lyft are taking advantage of this completely. We know with the macroeconomic conditions that exist, Everybody and, the, and their uncle is out there. You know, yeah. on the last earnings call, Uber said they have 5.4 million drivers globally now, and it's up 30%. And we talk about this on Show Me The Money quite a bit. There's massive oversaturation in every market. So the pie is staying the same. The mouths to feed are up 30%. Well, my sliver of that pie is becoming less and less and less. So if I'm out there for an hour, I used to get maybe three trips now I am down to two trips. Well, there goes my earnings that way as well. So to me, there's nothing drivers can do. They can bitch and moan about it, 
Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's things you can do. They can strategize. They can work only the best hours, which is contradictory to the flexibility and the freedom thing. Because if I worked between 10 and 2, I'm going to go hungry. I'm going to make 8 bucks an hour. But if I work a weekend bar hours, then I may make 25 bucks an hour. So mm-hmm. that also to me is like bogus when they call flexible freedom. There's nothing flexible about it. I could be sitting on my toilet at two in the morning, turn my app on. I'm not going to get any trips. Okay. So forget about this flexibility and freedom. You just got to work when and where there is demand. Long story short, it's a true, it's true. They're controlling the pricing. They have to charge as much and pay as little. And that's where we are. And, you know, there's not much you can do about it. Right. I mean, you, you don't have to drive, I guess. That's what you can do about it. But unfortunately, macroeconomic conditions are such that people are accepting garbage instead of declining garbage. And, you know, and it's going to continue this way until, you know, inflation changes or some other situation happens. Or you guys talk quite a bit. I know I watch your replays, you know, which we don't want government, in you know, getting involved. Well, We'll see how that goes because at some point these companies need a break check. Yeah, you know, I can't drive five miles for three bucks. I just can't. That's why drivers are turning to other gig apps besides rideshare. Like they're turning to Spark. They're turning to Curry. Like you're trying to grasp for any money besides what you were making to make up for the loss of what you're. But they're also making. still coming on the Uber platform in masses. Massive and I mean, numbers. Massive I mean, like numbers. look at Sergio's market, LA. If it gets up to you know like let's say i don't let's i don't even know a number but let's say there's x amount and then it doubles and then it doubles when it gets to that point of oversaturation they can totally play with the numbers they can start trying the lowest bid numbers ever well they do see if people they they do and they you know they do and they take advantage of it and if i was uber i would be doing the same thing i mean i'm not gonna say i wouldn't but you know as long as people are accepting crap they're going to keep offering crap absolutely and what happens is that the crap Crap is offered to, you know, we're going to test this. We did a small test, actually. It was fascinating. We had two drivers side by side with their phones on, and both were getting exact same trip at a different pricing. Exact mm-hmm. same trip from the same pickup to the same drop-off, which is illegal, by the way. Um, so that's that's antitrust and price fixing. You can't do that. But that's that's another story. So, the, the, the you know, we're going to do this in a massive way now, right? The test, we're going to... Um, because on the passenger side, the same thing is going to happen. I'm pretty sure we're going to have a bunch of passengers ordering trips and all five are going to get different pricing from the same pickup to the same drop off at the same other day under the same conditions. Why? Why? Because Uber has so much asymmetric information advantage on you that they're going to pull those plugs because if they know this driver is an ant, he's going to accept every garbage trip. I'm going to send him all the garbage trips because he doesn't even pay attention to it. He's going to do it anyway. Right. Yep. To me, they may not send it or they may send me send it to me at a higher price because they know Serge is a cherry picker or they may not even send me the trip whatsoever. So the algorithms know the algorithms learn and and it's their job. I mean, they're doing it fantastically. As we know, Uber's earnings were great. So they still can't make money, but, you know, they're trying. And they're, look, you know, this drivers are going to suffer now. Yeah. You know? Either way, you look at it, you know, the trend has not been driver's friend over the last seven years when it comes to rates or fares or whatever else you want to talk about it. No, that's it's that. been constant pivoting. And by the way, I want to take a minute out to notice Rideshare Rick's uh, comment here. He he saw an article about a blind rider that Uber drivers refused to pick up three times in Florida. Yeah. Um, 
When he went public, Uber offered him $35 compensation. Sad considering ADA federal laws. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's horrible. That is. That is just, I mean, the fact that if even Uber acknowledges it and then that's what, that's what, how they want to fix it. But Steve, even that's algorithms. Like we know we all have our horror stories with their support, right? DoorDash support, Uber support, Lyft support. It's all garbage. Makes me sick. It just makes me sick though. Yeah. And, and, but we had a, look, I'm not, I'm not here to plug our stuff, but go ahead. Had a great feel story at the end of our show last night. We have a contributor. His name is Jeff, and he's my favorite ant on the planet. You know, I used to have other favorite ants, but now he's my favorite ant. And he did an amazing, amazing paid forward kind of a deed, good deed. And, uh, you know, you, you should you could all go watch it because it's a long story. You know, he helped basically a legally blind girl to move into her apartment and carried all her stuff upstairs <clears throat> to her place and situated him. He didn't have to do any of it, but he did it because he's an amazing human being. You know, for a story like that, there is also a story on the other side that there are great Uber drivers that go out of their way to help people. So I heard you tell that story yesterday. Yeah, it was. And I think everybody in the chat was like, no, don't do it. (laughs) But we needed that good citizen. I get it. I wouldn't have done it. By the time I pulled up and I see all the bags (laughs) in the cat litter box, I go, see you. I'm, I'm being honest. I wouldn't have done it, but he did. He does it. He did it, and he takes every single trip, ninety-nine percent acceptance rate. He never cancels anything, and that's his way of doing stuff. And you can't argue with it. I mean, it is what it is. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's that. That's that. Drivers are not making money. It's true. Well, so, they are making money depending on your market. Just yeah. like delivery, lift. Oh, why do we start? I sent you the screenshot. That that will be like one word. If, can you put that up? Yeah, let me see if I can pull those up. I'm gonna add them in. Yeah, this is this is this is this is which which over. one am I? Which one? The, the, do you the want tree, me buddy. The, the the big okay. tree. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the picture tells a thousand words, so we're gonna cover that yeah. with that. All right. Let me. You're not I'm prepared. Gonna, I can make it the back. Out. I'm gonna see if I can be the background and we see it. Otherwise, I'll add it. My co-host Chris does all that. You just not set up. Come on. Let me put it. Let me put it in front of us. I, I was hoping yeah, yeah, it would show. In front of us so front everybody of will see this. So Chris came yeah. up with this because we, from from the second week of Show Me the Money, we've been talking about this. So Uber is the, the big tree that's growing, that. getting all the sunshine, and Lyft is that little twig down there that's dying because it's under the shade of Uber is not getting any any sunshine whatsoever. There wow. you go. There you I go. mean, does that explain just... everything right there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if you go with a chainsaw and take Uber down, Lyft would grow. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I think it's dead. So, but that's what it is. That's the story with Lyft. What do you say about Lyft? One trick pony. We talked yeah. about it on our show. I don't think they're going to be around too much longer if they continue with this. Unfortunately, they decided to get into a pissing race with Uber. Uber has so many levers they can pull. They increase their take rates on the food delivery side and lower the take rates on the rideshare side. Put the dagger in Lyft's heart one last time. And Lyft doesn't have anything else other than rideshare. And they're losing market share. They're losing drivers to Uber. Uber in 20 top markets lowered their fares, base fares. And Lyft says we have to compete. So Uber would send the chip at 345. Lyft will go 344. Uber will go 343. And they lost. They lost big time. And... You know, they made a whole bunch of excuses on the conference call. 
I'm like, man, you guys are the worst executives on the planet. So I was actually like, you know, I mean, if John Zimmer, Logan Green, you guys make like three, five, ten million a year, pay me a million. I can run lift to the ground as cheap as a million bucks a year, man. It's no big deal. It <laughs> doesn't take much. So, yeah. what I mean, what about these, though? too before we move on oh those are coming those that's a that's a change now um so yeah this we talked about uh, this is where where lyft and uber driving is these days not not lyft uber started doing this a couple days ago so i saw this not this one i received this one yesterday so this is the what we look at on right here this is the pink screen so first of all um you guys see where the where the little cursor is the pointer right that's where the driver is at right up top on top of the screenshot mm -hmm. and then there's a squiggly line with an up arrow up arrow means that's where the pickup is okay and then a down arrow that's where the drop off is okay so and on the bottom this is the pink screen this lasts about eight to ten seconds so you have to make that quick math in your head and make this decision right mm -hmm. so you see uh, up top it says uber x what pl platform the trip is on you yep. see a little flash sign that's surge, right? The driver was on a surge area. The star is the passenger rating. This passenger, yeah. I don't oh, care okay. if this if this was like a twenty-five dollar surge. Yeah. This passenger doesn't come in my car. I don't pick up anybody for less than four sixty rating. Yeah. I mean, this 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 passenger has been trouble with other drivers, and I don't want trouble in my car. And then lastly, on the bottom, it shows I, the driver is three point six miles from the pickup which is going to take, according to Uber, nine minutes to get there. And the, the distance to drop off is 3.8 miles from pickup, which is another 12 minutes. Yeah. So if you look at this, this goes where, where right here is these days. So it's 21 minutes of work for $5.75. But what is the negative 525 or like on this one, even worse? What is this? Yeah, well, that's a new game that they're playing. They're, they're testing this. So figure this one out. So before upfront pricing showed up, um, Surge was something that veteran drivers like me depended on because it's additional, in addition to the fare, okay? Because we had miles and minutes. And if I had surge on and I knew where I was going to surge and I would position myself correctly to collect the surge before even the surge showed up, right? So mm -hmm. all the studying, all the strategy I used are out of the window with upfront fares now. So this one now, this 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 was sent to me on Twitter. Um <laughs> I don't so, even get it. I don't get this at all. You don't get it at all? This is called negative base fare, buddy. That's where we are. We're working. We're paying yeah, to that, work for Uber now. It's a $7 surge at a four twenty three. That's like negative $3 base. There yeah. you go. Negative base rates now. That's where we so are then, in, what the, in the right fare world. And somebody took that trip. Do they take it out of your account then if it's a negative? No, you're just working for $4.23. They have the audacity to show you that there was $7 surge on the trip. <laughs> They're making you look like a total idiot now. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, I, mean like... I look at that, and I I think, you know, that's, you know, what is it, $12 or whatever. You add the two together is what, what you think. And no, what they How yeah, many but, drivers but... are thinking that and taking that nah, over? A lot of drivers. So what happens, Ron, is that in the old days, surge used to be in addition to the base fare, right? Right. Now with the upfront pricing and this wonderful algorithm, so when there is high surge, they lower the fare. They lower the base fare. So the algorithm in a millisecond is figuring out, okay, this is a $10 surge. I'm going to lower the base fare to two bucks on this. Still going to make it worthwhile to the driver to accept this trip at 12, okay? 
But in the old days, it would have been maybe the best base fare on that trip would have been five plus the 10, I would have gotten paid 15. Now the algo is in the millisecond figuring out, okay, there's $10 surge. I'm going to lower the base fare to like 20 cents a mile on this one as opposed to nothing else, right? So these games are being played constantly, but this is as low as it goes. I'm, I'm thinking now, I mean, we're paying Uber to work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, what are and what are these? I mean, these are these are just regular Uber X trips, right? So, like a regular trip, yeah. I know, but look at that! Service. Look at that pay. It's yeah. like it's just it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't that. pay that much to drive a bag of McDonald's that distance. So imagine driving a whole human being. That okay, distance. look at look at this trip, right? Look at this trip. So eight fifty six for thirty one minutes of driving and fourteen miles. That's fifty cents a mile. So. So food delivery people, don't complain. We're suffering here as ride share drivers, right? And from the map, you can see, right, it says total of 14.1 miles, right? So that includes me getting to the up arrow, which is the pickup point, which is bulk of the driving that I'm doing, actually. I'm probably going to drive like nine, maybe 10 miles to go pick up. And the trip itself is going to last maybe the rest of it. Right. See if if the up if the if the down or if the is it oh the up arrow is the like pickup. Pick yeah, okay, but pick. that distance it looks like you're driving almost three times that far to get yeah. to it. Yeah, and they don't pay you for that. So by the what way. you need to drive ninety minutes to get to a thirty-one minute? No, no, no. The whole the total the total right. from where I'm at is going to oh, take okay, thirty-one okay. minutes. Okay. Right. Okay. And it's it's fourteen miles. Yeah. So. That's the other thing, which I'm doing an article now. I finished it actually before I came on. So that upfront fare, when it first showed up, it would tell you how far you were from pickups because a lot of veterans don't like to drive long distances for a pickup of two miles, right? Sure. So like if I'm going to drive five miles to pick somebody up, going to Whole Foods for a mile, I'm only going to get paid, by the way, in rideshare. You only get paid when there's a butt in the back seat. You're not getting paid to go right. to yeah. pick up, right? They, they count it as active time, but I'm only going to get paid for the, uh, which is called period three, when I when the passenger is in my car, I slide my slider over to start the trip. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's where we are. We're looking at, I mean, I got these. and I, I mean, these horses. are some of the worst offers I've ever seen. These and are I've seen the bad ones, so I'm just saying. No, no, these, I didn't pick these. I have a thousand of these on my computer. Yeah, They're all the same. They're all the same. Now, once in a while, once in a while, you will catch... A good one, hence decline garbage and cherry pick USDA style. Otherwise, you're you're not gonna make money in ride share. It's become a charity now. Actually, article is coming out tomorrow, but please go read it. Is ride share charity? The other thing that these companies are doing with upfront fares now is they're not considering your time valuable. So I have thousand screenshots that, like, let's say a passenger gets in your car and you get you know caught in traffic and the trip lasts ten minutes longer, right, for the same distance. It happens all the time. Yeah. Uber and Lyft are not adjusting upward for that. In the old days, it would have they would have paid me more for those 10 minutes because there was a time and distance component of the fare. Now there isn't. Now they just go, oh, you just do it for charity. You just take one for do, do it on the house. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it on the house. I'm not a charity, bro. So they, you know, they, they, there are a lot of things that are going wrong right now. So, you know. What, yeah, where, no, where's I, the upside of <laughs> doing rideshare? <laughs> like, uh, well, I see those yeah. offers and go, oh, who is going to do that? Well, the upside of doing rideshare was five years ago, not here, not today. <sighs> so now you're doing it, you know, just to make some cash to pay a few bills and, and 
use the remaining equity in your car to pay short-term bills, basically. That's what rideshare is at these days. And it's become a total, total side gig now. I mean, it used to be a lot of people's livelihood. There's no money in being a full-time rideshare driver. So, you know, that's why we always say multi-app. Do, do, I mean, I, I, mean I, I do also food delivery, and I make a lot more money per mile because I have my spreadsheet done for close to 1,100 delivery trips now. I mean, I'm averaging like $4 and 20 cents a mile. I'm like, Hey, Chris. <laughs> I'd rather take food. Plus nobody's going to puke in my backseat. Why would I do it right? Yeah. I'm tending to think that your partner here in crime is correct. Uber's new math pay drivers, man, let the government give me. Yeah. Yes. And no, <laughs> yes. And no, I mean, because, I hate to, you know, obviously that's taking it a little far. But yeah, yeah. Yes. And no, I mean, look, the drivers never pay taxes because they took the mileage deduction anyway, uh, on depending on what kind of car you're driving. If you're driving a newer car, you should take itemized deductions. If you're driving an older car, obviously your cost per mile is 25, 30 cents a mile and you're taking a 60 cent deduction. So you do that depending, it all depends on different cities, you know, different driving situations. You know, it's not the situation here, but so yeah, right here driving at the moment is literally charity now. And, you know, and uh, hopefully things will change. I mean, wh what is there to say? It's, it's just, it's not a pretty picture, you know? Um, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but it is, math doesn't lie. I mean, look at those offers. Well, yeah. the crazy thing is I, I was reading an article the other day where they're talking about they're still short drivers, still short, whether it be for uh, Uber rideshare or Uber food delivery. Total they're still lie. recruiting more and more drivers. And they are. They are. I mean, what? Well, look, this these companies, do, the, the, again, like I said previously, their way of doing business is diametrically opposed to yours. You want as few drivers out there as possible, and they want as many drivers there as possible. Because as a passenger, I'm a passenger on all these platforms too. What is what? What is it that I want the most? Who's going to pick me up the fastest and what's the cheapest way to get there from point A to point B? That's yeah, it. Right. And that's what they cater to. They don't They don't care about the driver. You know, they, they say on the conference call, they said, oh, you know, average driver in the U.S. is making $35 an hour active time, including incentives and tips. Does that look like $35 an hour? No. <laughs> like, that's fuzzy math, bro. So yeah, I went out. I went out on the Super Bowl just for deliveries, and it was twenty minute wait between offers. I have yeah. never, ever, ever had it like that. There's they don't care about the driver; rate. they're going to flood the market. And yeah, well, because... somebody showed me the other day, DoorDash is offering like eight hundred bucks bonus for a sign-on bonus. Yeah, it's I, crazy. I definitely have it. I have a nine hundred dollar bonus to for Uber and Lyft to sign new drivers on. Certainly, they don't need new drivers. I guarantee you. Lyft, Lyft right now in Denver, Sergio has um, thirty-eight hundred dollars to do uh, hundred and eighty rides in sixty do days. Do it. Well, I have an account. I'm already a Lyft driver. I can't. Okay. Oh, for a new driver? Yeah. 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 I, I had one. I put. I mean, that's just. Really, I mean, hundred bucks for two hundred trips. Yeah. It's worth it to do it and then immediately quit, and use Gary's apps and say you only want half mile rides. Yeah, you can do that. I mean, you can do that. I, I think, I think, I think, you know, there is still in rideshare, there is still some money, especially in big cities. Okay. Seattle and, and state of Washington, they have their own rules, which is amazing. Um, you know, their rates are $1.60 a mile and 65 cents a minute. Okay. That's because the legislature had balls and got involved and put Uber and Lyft at the table, gave him a little slap in the ass. And they said, Hey man, this is not going to work. We're going to have to work on this. 
look where their rates are. Everybody's swinging cash up in Seattle and, 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 and Tacoma and all those cities. But other other legislatures are not getting involved, although, you know, we know what's happening in Colorado. We know what's happening in other places. So um, yeah. I fall support to over X this week. This is Sean. Yeah, you could. I mean, you, you should. You should have Uber. You know, you should look. Every everybody should have both, right? I have both. I have X or rideshare mm -hmm. and Uber Eats. You know, when I go out, I have both on. Yeah. Um, I think it's a smart thing to do. The more apps you have, the better it is. You know, I I I have another slogan for a T-shirt I'm working on. I go, my time is for sale to the highest bidder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is. It really is because now if you have ten apps, why like, not just why not just rent me? <laughs> Huh? Yeah, rent me. I mean, to me, it's like that's where that's where the gig economy is at these days, right? So you have like Kim does nine apps or ten apps, whatever she's working on. You have them all on, and they're gonna spit you offers. I go, oh, I'll take this one, and I'll take this one, and I'll take this one. So I utilize the best sixty minutes and as efficiently as possible, and make the most amount of money. Because if I'm just sitting on Uber X waiting for a trip to show up and I decline a couple half hour goes by and you still haven't made any money, then you're forced to take garbage. So I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah. And the apps are going to ebb and flow too. There's going to be sometimes the air is better for rideshare than it is for food and vice versa. Better for grocery than fast food and vice versa Absolutely. times of day, days of the week. It's mm -hmm. like, it's like having a bunch of ingredients in the kitchen. I mean, it's, uh, it, you got to fill your toolbox with as many tools as you, you have, man, because, you know, you're going to use those tools. Even if you use it once a week, you still yeah. should have it. Why shouldn't you have the tools? Yeah. Exactly. Hashtag turn them all on. Yeah. yeah. Turn, turn them all everything on. on. <laughs> turn them all on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think it's a great way to, to do this now. You know, in the old days, it wasn't like that. It was just UberX was enough. Lyft was enough. But, yeah. you know, now, no. Not anymore. So. Um, um, what do we say well. about Lyft? What know. do we say about Lyft? Um, we said it. That picture. Good luck. Is, I yeah, say this luck. is a tiny <laughs> tree. <Rest in> peace. <laughs> good luck. That's so, it, yeah, that's, cool. a, that's, a, that's the GGs for Lyft. I mean, the beating they've taken in the past ten days is ridiculous. Yeah, but they if deserve you... it. They deserve it <laughs> yeah, because they, mean... if they're on doing, look, you know, Uber Uber did one thing very smart. They put a lot of different pens on different fires, right? I mean, look, Uber is growing. Uber is still growing. I mean, right. they, Uber's they're... not going anywhere. We all know this. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I don't want to get into the numbers. Or yeah, yeah. But I mean, because it's too complicated. I feel you know? like they're on a waiting game with Lyft, though, to just yeah. own the space. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'll make a bet with your audience that by early 2024, will not Lyft will not be a standalone entity anymore. So it'll be I don't long, think you're gonna get anybody be, to take that bet. One or the other. <laughs> I was gonna say that, by Thursday, yeah. by next Thursday, maybe. If, if there had to be no. one way that we could look at, you know, other way of getting to live some life, it would be to replant that somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but 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 Lyft missed every opportunity along yeah. the way. They missed but, John, they missed... but John, again, you know, it goes all the back what I said at the start, right? Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a horrible business to be in. Right here mm -hmm. is a horrible business to be. And last mile delivery is a horrible business to be in. It's just, a, it's just, you know, I, we have a good friend on the show. He's a business professor at Columbia. He goes, search. These are horrible businesses. If you really want to make money, go disrupt some software business with a thousand percent margin. Then, you know, you can make some money because there is no money to be made here. I don't care how good your algorithms are. There's no money to be made. It's like almost like what if they're kind of stuck. We started this business, but now we realize years later everybody wants the service, but there's no way we make money doing it. But we still got to yeah. run this company because it makes me money. And 
yeah. what are we going to do next? We just got to run this business and figure it out for yeah. a decade, yeah. two so, decades. You know, lift, lift is dead to me. And, and, you know, the app doesn't work it's well. Look, it's just, it's just one. It's dead to a lot of people, to be honest. Yeah. So, um, so. What, what about this Cranes New York article about an Uber Lyft merger? Any Not thoughts on that one? It will never happen. It's nothing yeah. to gain for Lyft. I mean, for yeah, Uber. Antitrust, it will, they will never yeah. allow yeah. Look, look, actually, Uber, Travis offered the boys, I call them the boys, John, Logan and John. Um, by the way, they watch us, so with all the respect people so, um good job feeling guys yeah, yeah job. can i have a job at lift just pay me a million bucks a year i'll run it to the ground as well as you know, it's just not a big deal, okay? um <clears throat> but um when lift first, first came around <clears throat> started competing with uber travis called him into the office i go you know we'll buy you guys out and and both boys said no you know because they had different ideas and look where they are, right? Ten years later, they, they milked it pretty well, though. You know? This is almost like a business uh, well, lesson in, you know, diversifying versus... Uh, get cornered. Lyft does not have $3 thing. billion cash. Free cash they have is about $1.2 now after this quarter. Um, $3 billion cash is... Actually, the whole company is worth $4.1 as of today. So uh, they don't have $3 billion in cash. They're very low in cash. They're burning cash after 10 years. I should say something about the business. And pretty soon they're going to run out of cash. And you see, the thing that kills them is called something called stock-based compensation. The lower their stock goes, the more stock they have to offer. So they're diluting their shareholders and themselves constantly. And I showed a graph on that one. Um, Uber is dealing with that too, by the way. And so what happens is that there's a thing called reset. So they the valuations, the, the, you know, have to get cut and they have to offer more shares. So they're basically cannibalizing themselves now. They're offering more shares, and when they run out of cash, which they will in maybe two more, three more quarters, now they have to offer debt. Well, if they, if you issue debt with high interest rate environment, not a good situation. Nobody's going to give them any money, or they have to issue more equity, and then that's going to dilute more. So it's like this this very spiral that's spiraling down to earth. So that's it. There you go. So Enough. so before we move any further, I want to ask Ron. Ron. If the rest of the world is like tripling gig economy size, and I think that all the stats kind of match up to that by 2025, mm -hmm. if the world is doing that, what, what are we doing here? I'm not sure what you mean. In the U.S., like what do, where are we going to fall on that map? Like if, if, it's gonna, if, it, if we're going to triple the gig economy size in the worldwide thing and oh. we're the free economy what are we doing right now what's going on here and and how is is there a path well, to correct i think i think there's the possibility of tripling it worldwide because it's not as you know saturated in a lot of other places as it is in the u.s you know i mean you you're kind of getting close to a point where you've got as many people using it as are going to use it in the u.s but that's not the case in a lot of other places yet i think that's maybe what they mean by being able to triple it and they could triple it there without any growth here in the u.s because there's not much you don't think that growth. we'll keep sergio too you don't think we'll keep up with that though you don't think we'll reinvent this because i don't see the gig economy going anywhere well, the economy is not going anywhere it's not about no. going anywhere it's about it's about um you know, Uber has 132 million monthly MAPC, they call it monthly active paying customers. 
they even grew that by 11%, which shocked me. But there's only like 168 million adults, you know, that are working in the U.S. and and basically use these services. So their scale has, you know, reached. I mean, Uber also is a global company, by the way. So we know, yeah. right? Yeah. So unlike Lyft. So, yeah, you can grow a triple, but if you're not making money, you're not making money. I mean, there, it doesn't matter. What 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 are they going to do? Their algorithms there are going to work differently than here. I mean, you're in the richest country supposedly in the world and you can't make money by charging up the, you know what, and then paying as little as possible. What's the system there? Because then you have the, you have the consumer there like, yeah, you, why did Uber get out of China, India, Russia? They all got their butts kicked and get, you know, got out because local competitors came around and underpriced them. And then look, it's, it's just the same story everywhere. It's just different dollars, right? Consumers mm-hmm. can afford the fifteen dollar latte in India. I mean, you know, here they can do it, maybe, but not. not, not well, it, it, oddly, I was reading something about India. How India for gig work is amazing to them because they're being paid. I think it's through a Bitcoin, but they're being paid the same day they work, and they've never seen such a thing. Yeah, no, I mean, look, it's they look, don't man. even know that to be a thing that it, was possible, it, you know, to have not all bad, same right? Day. It's not all bad. Gig economy is great for a lot of people. It puts a lot of food on a lot of people's tables. Mm-hmm. I'm not negative on it. I'm just negative on the right, company yeah. and the way they do stuff. I, I in in general, I think it's a wonderful idea, but I think ultimately, you know, everybody has to make money. Yeah. And if you're not making money, why are you in it? I mean, I don't know. I'm a capitalist. I want to make money. I don't want to work for free. And at Rideshare, you show those prices. I'm working for free and I'm not going to do it. But unfortunately, you know, the exploitation part comes in. People do get exploited. And we know that a lot of gig, a lot of Rideshare drivers in the U.S. are immigrants and, and they don't understand math or maybe profits or whatever, as sophisticated as you all are. And they get exploited and they get taken advantage of in the casino. I mean, it's a casino out there. So to me, you know, is there an ethical, more ethical or more transparent way of doing things? Yeah, but then it's tough. It's a tough business to make money in and the companies are not making money. You can triple, quadruple, you can triple, quadruple, zero, zeros to zero. So. Yeah, I think a lot of these companies, they get the idea that after Amazon wasn't making money for so many years and they made money through subscription services, which is not the whole story. Amazon Web Service, AWS is a whole other big piece of that. But well, that's um, where the money is at, though. But, I mean, they, but, yeah, but, but they were able sells, to... Yeah. Look, John, you know it as well as I do. Amazon sells hundreds of billions of dollars worth of stuff. Okay? Exactly, yeah. And they make 1% on the margin on their retail business. They with make the delivery yeah. side. It's a like, that's where they make the money. They make the money on AWS. They kill it. Exactly. And right? but see, that's all these companies now. They don't have an AWS they can pull out of their no, hat, though. And no. that's why they're not going to be profitable in the long run. No. I mean, they, they can try to make as many people get on DashPass and Uber One as they can, but yeah. still, well, that's, that that's was not going to make the profit. Exactly. And that was one thing that, that you know, was sh- the shiny, I don't know, trophy that they had. DoorDash said the same thing today during the earnings call. They said um, DashPass went from 10 million to 15 million, which is 50% increase. And Uber through Uber One said the same thing on their conference call. They went from 6 million Uber One members to 12 million. They doubled it. So a lot of people are getting into this. But but here's the thing. And I got, because I got both of these now recently. So number one, Uber One, they gave out four months free at the beginning of the year. So that's half of their numbers right there. They're just giving it out for free. And those are going to get canceled, you know, sometime in probably April, May. And then the one that we talked about this last week, but then DoorDash now with mm-hmm. Roku, 
anybody who has a Roku, anything, six months free Dash Pass. That's yeah. Well, but you know what? That 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 they 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 broke the numbers down, which luckily they usually don't. But mm-hmm. but they did this time. You know, Uber said that for the first fourteen months, an Uber One subscriber we're losing money on. But after that, if they stick around, they said an Uber One subscriber. Um, DoorDash didn't declare the numbers, but they said they're doing great. Well, whatever. So Uber said if those subscribers stick around after that 14 month period, their ordering cycle is 4x of a regular customer. So once they stick around, it's 4.1x actually. So which is incredible, right? Because once you get, you want you're in the system, stay in the system, you're creating more and more and more and more business for Uber because they have rideshare, they have, um, you know, they have, they have the food uh, delivery, they have the grocery delivery. delivery. They have all these, now they're getting into as DoorDash is into supermarket shopping, shop and pay, yeah. all these good things, right? So they're trying different verticals. They're trying all the stuff. They're trying. But again, ultimately, it's not there. Okay, so actual, actual cash is not 1.8. Actual cash is about 1.2 now. They lost 600 million of it on the last quarter. And, and you know, yeah. JP, I know my numbers. Trust me. Um, they get, they're not going to last if they lose six hundred million every quarter with their stock-based compensation. You have to read a little deeper into the earnings report. Um, but long story short, that's it. So, not a profitable business to be in. But gig economy, hey man, it's a great. I love having it because to be able to go from anywhere. I remember waiting for a taxi. I remember those days when they had to call and you had to be outside and yada yada yada. And sometimes they didn't even show. Oh yeah, many of those days. <laughs> yeah. So, but one thing I I would recommend after I listen to DoorDash um, conference call today, Kim especially since you do a lot more deliveries than me, is they said all the verticals that they have created now, like they they made a deal with Sephora, they made a deal with Dick's Sporting Goods now, they made it. They're doing their their um, shop and pay or whatever you call it on DoorDash um, on the supermarket side, right? Like Instacart is up a hundred percent but that's the growth that they're experiencing quarter over quarter that's insane right so you know when they have that much demand for that service what do they do what do all apps do they pay really really good on those orders right and then this is the time to hit that part instead of maybe doing more of those than doing food delivery right right because pretty soon once that matures they're going to cut everything back like they did on food delivery well, that's the so, big thing, you know. Uh, the Super Bowl, their Super Bowl commercial was all yeah. about grocery delivery. Exactly. They didn't talk about the food. Exactly. It was about we got groceries. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, I can I can see a difference just even on Sephora. I now like when a Sephora order comes in and it's a shop and deliver. I'm like, heck yeah, they are some good paying orders, and I have a really good Sephora. I just go in and say this is what I need and they do the whole shopping for me and they said scan this, scan this. Okay, go to checkout. It's literally 5 minutes and yeah. then it's like that's 18 major. to 20 dollar payout. So Yeah, that's what that's what I gathered that I go I'm going to see her. I'll tell her this because that's exactly what they're saying. If the business is growing, that part of the business quarter over quarter 100%. That's crazy growth. Uber said the same thing by the way. You know, they're getting <laughs> shop and pay and all that stuff. So Instead of doing that, now I'm going to go get my Uber, Uber, whatever card that is. The Uber, the, Uber <laughs> the, the red card, the, the red card with DoorDash and Uber has. has oh, yeah, yeah, you, need, was, yeah. you need to get it because Uber Eats shopping pays are some of the best paying shopping I'll pays Uber Eats, around. Yeah. I yeah. had one a week ago that it showed $28 
and it was 17 items. It actually was a customer I was just talking about. But at the end, because they they still high tips on shop and delivers too, it ended up being $42 because they gave me like a ridiculous tip. So it's definitely worth getting that card if you can do shop and delivers and it's worth your time and investment doing some of these shop and delivers. It's where a lot of this money is coming from. And not only that, but DoorDash is also incentivizing drivers. I think it started at the end of mm-hmm. December that now that if you complete just seven shop and delivers per week, you actually get Dash now. So you get the perk of being a top dasher without doing the top dasher work just by doing shop and delivers. So it's yeah, definitely- no downside. I mean, there's no downside and they're going to put yeah. their emphasis growth into that market, right? Right. And and you got to hit it when it's hot. But all these apps, when Uber first came out, it was hot. I, I was making 60 bucks an hour. Not in my dreams, I can make 60 bucks an hour. So, right. So if they're all putting their, you know, focus on supermarket shopping to kill maybe Instacart or to kill each other or whatever, I don't care who, who they want to kill. As long as I'm in the middle and then take advantage of it for six months and then boom, I go to somewhere else. Well, yeah, yeah I said this on top of that. I know just for me using the, uh, every now and then I look on the, um, the, the consumer side of the app right now, I know at least recently on Uber, they had like $20 off of 40 plus dollars of groceries. So basically yeah. 50% off if you're buying a small batch of groceries. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure DoorDash is offering something similar on theirs. So, I mean, they're, that's, they're, like you said, that's where they're putting all their money right now. If they're yeah. going to take a loss, yeah. they're going to so take a loss that grocery business. Yeah, for gig workers now, you know, you got to focus more on that than anything else. And, you know, instead of taking, getting pissed off at 225 orders, you know, and do that. Maybe, you know, position maybe yourself. Maybe higher on those, yeah. Yeah. Go I mean, with the money. money. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So what about, um, I know that we, you know, we talk about them when they happen, but they're happening again. What about these, uh, <laughs> These local rideshare drivers that stop accepting orders in towns like Pittsburgh for 48 hours. And when they, you know, one thing that I've always said is it's hard to strike a platform when a lot of people won't and it really kind of just benefits them. And what difference are you making? But also, even if it was, why are you announcing the time? Why are you announcing a 48 hour strike? If I, if I remember right, real strikes from back in the day that worked, there wasn't a, 48 hours you you went on strike till things were better that's not a strike i i, I never call these things strikes steve they're they're mostly protests right yeah protests, right better, yeah. protests strike strike is something that independent contractors can do anyway exactly um so you know if you have a union you know you strike <clears throat> for a month but you have your you know bank account in 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 order and and you know that's why you're paying your union dues so when you strike they get you some living expenses at least Independent contractors cannot strike. I, I'm not against it. You know, it gets some play in the, in the media and then it goes away a day later. Um, I feel like it helps the companies, though. I feel like they look at it like, let's see what happens. And nothing happens. No blip even on their no, radar. And they're happen. like, you know what? Whatever. OK, DoorDash said on the on the earnings call today, they have three million dashers in the U.S. OK, yeah. that's why your competition is three million. Uber says five point four million drivers globally. It doesn't matter if hundred people strike or protest or whatever. I'm all for it. I'm all for their rights. I'm a driver's advocate first and foremost. But now I have a theory about this, which I'm going to try to do locally, right? You can do this on a localized basis and hurt the apps bad. Okay. 
So I know my CD well, okay? If I'm in Santa Monica, I know there aren't more than 500 drivers in Santa Monica on morning rush hour, okay? And this is very doable. You create that, you know, basically you can create your own search. So if at 7 a.m., when everybody's about to go to work, waking up, do this, do that, whatever. If all 500 drivers in the localized area, maybe three miles square area, turn their apps off, that will teach the companies a very, very, very good lesson really quickly because surge will go through the roof. One thing these companies cannot do, they cannot create drivers out of thin air. They cannot. So if I have 500 members of a group like that, turn their apps off for not for long, for 10 minutes, Surge will go through the roof because Surge Algo, I know exactly how it works. In order for you to turn your app on, that's why Surge is there, right? You guys so, used to do know, that at LAX. Red, you know, and then and then guess who's going to get hurt also? The passengers are, okay? So why? That you, that you guys used to do that at LAX. Uh, we did, well, I never did it at I don't LAX, know. I mean, I can't say you, but it was done at No, LAX. I mean, it, it was done, and then, you know, but LAX is not... Um, um, public property. It's it's airport property, federal property. So, you know, what they do is at LAX, they send the LAX police and force everybody out of the pen. But in a public space like Santa Monica or West Hollywood or wherever I'm at, and I know all the drivers in the area, there's four or five, 600 of us, and we all turn the app off for 10 minutes, surge will go through the roof. It'll be 30 bucks. And then you turn, 100 of them will turn, grab the $30 surge, go. The next hundred will do it, the next, and then we reshuffle and reshuffle. In three, four hours, every driver, I guarantee, will make 50 bucks an hour easily. Because then then you'll grab attention. Because guess what? Now, ultimately, the passenger is going to get screwed. They're going to pay very high prices. And they're going to go complain to Uber. And Uber cannot deactivate me for something that let me do, which is turn my app off and turn my app on anytime I want. That's, that's the flexibility we have, right? Mm-hmm. So to me... That will be more effective than doing these strikes or protests or whatever. Look, it, it grabs attention, but I don't think it goes anywhere in the yeah. long run, anyway. No, I mean, and I, I mean, I think we've like the, the Instacart ones alone have shown complete failure. It doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't. There I are mean, too many, man. There are too many. If there were like hundred gig workers, like you just work. said, there's three plus million dashers now. I know. I mean, I mean, how do you get reached? It, plus it has to be very acute. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you know, I mean, you're not part of a union. You you can't do it. I mean, I hate to say it this way, but I view it as you're taking a day off, not even a protest because you're not, most of them don't go protest. They just don't on those days. They don't turn on. Yeah. It's just a annoyance. If you don't turn on, right. Then there's 10 other drivers in the area. Don't even know what's going on. They turn it on and then, you know, they do it. Exactly. You can't have them all on the same page. You can only do this in a local, really localized basis. Like you'll have a group leader in Chicago. They do it 7 to 9 a.m. every morning. Then Uber is going to go, holy crap, what's going on here, right? Because then they're going to start getting complaints from passengers saying, hey, man, I just paid 60 bucks for a two-mile ride. I go, yeah, there's no drivers. Well, you can't. This is not Star Trek that I can beam you down and create drivers out of thin air, okay? So, you know, we drivers have the power. They just don't know how to use it. They're just misguided. They're using it completely senselessly. And I'm like, I'm all for it. I support all of them, but then it doesn't work. So I need to see results. And this way, localized basis, you make them bleed a little bit here. You make them bleed a little bit there. Every morning rush hour, every afternoon rush hour. Again, 
you know, the app cannot create drivers out of thin air. And, and you know what? Once you do this successfully a few times, people will learn because those drivers are going to make a ton of money in those, in those two, three hours. Mm-hmm. It's going to surge. The surge algorithm is all supply demand based. There's no supply. The rides are all the, the you know, the requests are going to keep coming in. Right. So, mm-hmm. Hey, I create my own surge. And Uber, there's not a thing they can do about it. Not a thing they can do about it. Yeah. So, so we have one viewer, not, uh, obviously not here tonight, um, that lives in New Zealand. Um, this last one of New Zealand uh, Uber drivers begin collective bargaining for the first time. What do you, what do you think is? Uh, I know it's a, it's 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 such a smaller amount of drivers yeah. and people and everything across the board, but it should be interesting to see how that i don't know how do you see that playing out uh you know again i think i mean do you think it'll make a difference do you think it's going to help them uh the collective bargaining part uh probably not but look there is a model i urge everybody to go read about it it's in the state of washington and one of our contributors zach is in bellingham so i'm trying to convince him to go to right here because his rates are crazy high right for janet miles. janet from new zealand just joined us there you go so you know <laughs> i think i think local legislatures or state legislatures at some point have to get involved and you know steve you said you don't talk to stephanie right vigil that wrote the mm-hmm. bill in colorado <laughs> there is something there's a lot of stuff happening in in Minnesota, there's stuff happening in Illinois. It yep. seems like we are at a turning point globally, actually, because we know what's happening in Europe, right? A lot of governments are, you know, mostly left-leaning governments or more union-friendly and more labor rights-friendly governments. And Uber has a lot of restrictions globally. The only thing the way they can pull all that stuff, it's only in the U.S. because there is no controls, and because they don't belong to any. Um, you know, they call themselves technology companies. I mean, they don't, they break every law in the country when it comes to labor and transportation. So, but they're allowed to do it because nobody stands up to it. So New Zealand, it may work if they follow the model that state of Washington followed. And everybody got in state of Washington, they all stayed independent contractors. They got 80% of employee rights. They got the highest pay in the country. They got you know, unjust deactivation protection, they got pretty much everything they wanted because the legislatures sat Uber and Lyft down. And when Uber and Lyft said, oh, we're going to leave, okay, you go ahead because somebody else will come and replace you. So to Mm -hmm. me, at some point, government intervention is necessary for these, for these companies to, to just not just run roughshod. I mean, they're all like, you know, elephants in a China closet. They just go, I want to do this. I do it. I, again, I'm not a huge supporter of the government when it comes to these kind of things. But at some point, this has to end. Look at those trips I'm showing you, Steve, mm-hmm. and everybody who's watching. There's negative equity trips. There's negative uh, base fare trips. And trust me, somebody's taking that. They are. So I can't teach that driver not to take that. I can say decline garbage all I want, know your worth all I want, but my reach is 160,000 people. I mean, mm-hmm. there's 5 million of you. Why, how can I do that? So government is in intervention at some point is going to be necessary. Well, and, and I guess when you mentioned government invent, intervention, my question is how much is that collective bargaining in New Zealand tied? 
there was a December court case or a December court decision that ruled that Uber drivers were employees. Yeah. So is it tied to that? And so if that comes out of an employee status, mm -hmm. you know, that makes more sense. It sounds more yeah. like something. Well, it makes happen. more sense, but I think, I think, look, I think what happened in, in the state of Washington and it, it, it's been in place for a year and a half now, um, mm -hmm. everybody won, right? Uber and Lyft did not leave. Passengers are paying a little bit more and the drivers are making a ton more with about 80% employee rights sick time off, paid time off, health care. I mean, they got literally 80% of an employee rights that, that exist in this country. And, 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 you know, they figured it out. I think I'm not saying that model will work in every state in the US. But, you know, it, it will work in a similar fashion. And See, this is the, I, I don't want this to happen at all. I, I don't want the Department of Labor, in, whenever this decision is coming down in a couple more months, say, okay, everybody's employees now. Yeah. Right? Sergio, go put your Uber hat on and go put your Lyft shirt on. I'm like, yeah. no, I, I, I don't want to do it that way. But if it comes to that, the gig economy is over. I mean, if they're... Imagine telling DoorDash, you know those three million dashers you have that you send two twenty-five orders to nonstop. They're all your employees now, buddy. Knock yourself out. They're not going to be able to afford it. Well, that be, that Whoa. becomes my point, though. Like the rest of the world, the rest of the globe is going to grow in the gig economy, and they and they don't they don't know the word W two. Yeah, but the so, scale. I mean, the point is it'll stay how it is in those countries. So what are we just going to literally? Is that even a realistic? I don't think it is, but I mean, like if this happens, like it, they can't have these employees. No, they can't. They can't look. They're not making money now with them not being employees. Yeah, not owning the. I mean, cars, a payroll, not, not having expenses. No, not the a chance. The payroll, no. the the benefits alone. There's no way any of these companies. No, can no, but it. no, but no. You know, guess what? Guess what's going to happen though? This is what's going to happen. So if that happens, right? And this has happened in New York, by the way. So uh, TLC get involved. So um, what did Uber and Lyft do, right? Uber and Lyft puts schedules on everybody, right? Out of the 3 million, DoorDash knows that they don't need all 3 million to do deliveries. They need the 3 million for deliveries to be more efficient and smooth and fast. Because you guys know doing deliveries, you're not gonna get pinged one after the other, like, you know, um, so to me, yeah, they're going to say, okay, we only need like uh, 800,000 of those 3 million, right? We're going to make them employees. We're going to pay them a minimum wage. We're going to give them some healthcare benefits. We're going to have them wear DoorDash shirts and hats, and they're going to deliver. You know, that's it. They tried that, by the way, you know, in the dash marts, right? Everybody were employees. They, they were on hourly clock, right? So mm -hmm. to me, everybody's going to lose when that happens, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry to say that, but that's what's going to happen. Indeed. I mean, here's Janet in New important. Zealand. This is kind of weird. It only applied to four people. And she does ride share on a regular basis. She drives yeah. Uber in New Zealand. So. Yeah, but, but you know, Janet, at some point, you know, that's, that's how cases happen. You know, it, it happened in England the same way, right? And then they got some employee rights, and then they brought these companies to the table. I think, I, I, I don't think it's a bluff. I think if it does happen, the companies have a backup plan. And lastly, 
on all conference calls today, Uber and Lyft, they were asked the same question. What do you think the federal regulatory stuff that's coming down the pipe or in California Prop 22 decisions going to come out in a couple of months? Um, they literally <laughs> said um, almost to the point like we'll deal with it when we get there. I am sure they have plans. The, the second they that happens, to. those plans are going to be put in action. And a lot of people are not going to be able to do gig work because who's going to DoorDash pick? Who do you think this is door? Kim, do you think they're going to pick you as an employee or, or a top dasher with 98% acceptance rate? Oh, definitely a top dasher. There you go. See, they already have a plan. So that's what they're going Not to do. Not only that, did you know how they're going to lose so many drivers by doing that? Like, there's not going to be drivers to meet the demands of the orders that are coming yeah. in. Like, that's another way that it's just going to kill the business altogether. I assure you, if that ruling comes and it sticks again but they already said like on the uber conference call they said we already if that happens like in california if the prop 22 is, is deemed unconstitutional by these three judges mm -hmm. dara from his mouth he said we already are going to appeal it to the supreme court right so mm -hmm. you know courts work very slowly all over the world but it's still costly during that time Yes, it's costly, sure. you know, but you it know, is. They have, they, they have the look. They spent 220 million to pass Prop 22, and they don't care. But, right. And, and right. I still find that very weird that all of the lawyers for Uber, Lyft, what they call the Flex Association, and all of the lawyers for the state missed the fact that they were, it, it goes against the Constitution. Yeah. Well, really? it was probably not a miss. It was a calculation. It was a calculation. I don't, I don't think they missed. I don't think they missed. I think this judge, you know, that started judge, the whole judge process. Rich. You know, yeah. he, he started the whole process by saying that, you, you know, in California um, Constitution, you know, it may he made it look like um, Uber and Lyft squeezed a lot more into one proposition. You cannot put one subject in other than in one single proposition in California, according to the laws, supposedly. And they said Uber and Lyft tried to put workers comp in there, a whole bunch of stuff in there. That's why it's unconstitutional. So, That's not the reason. That's actually not the reason. It, it is the reason for one section being struck down, right. but the reasoning, the reasoning that he gave for striking down the whole thing was actually because he said that declaring them as independent contractors takes away from the state's power to control workers' compensation. Right. If you dig into his ruling, that's his main, that's, that's the main point, and that's, that's what everything hinges on. Um, yeah. Well, the part about but, squeezing more than one thing into it uh, re, um, was enough to strike down a section of it. And basically, it means that they could keep the, you know, if it was just that one piece, what that would do is just strike down that section of Prop 22. And it would it would knock out the part that says that you can't have collective bargaining. Yeah. But, and, but you know, part, as you know, Ron, yeah. they did the same thing in Massachusetts. Uber and Lyft tried yeah. to pass, a, in fact, put it on the ballot, a clone of Prop 22. Mm -hmm. And they did the same thing. They kind of commingled, kind of coupled three different things in one proposition. And then the judges yeah. were like, no, no, that's not going to work. We're not even going to put this on the ballot. So, look, these companies are protecting billions in equity. OK, sure. Uber, as of today, is worth 70 billion dollars. OK. I would gladly spend a couple hundred million more appealing this or whatever I need to do to protect oh, yeah. seventy billion dollars. Right, and they'll just—it doesn't matter. They'll just take it out on the drivers anyway. Yeah, they're going. Well, yeah. I mean, somebody's going to pay for it, right? Yeah. And and the customer will pay more, whatever, whatever. But yeah. I don't want—I don't want this employee model to work. Obviously, it's not going to work. 
and these companies will totally disappear if that were to be look i mean if we step outside of the gig economy what the, the what caused prop 22 ab5 ended the careers of so many people I yes know. yes it, it was life destroying you know i i, I interviewed lorena gonzalez right and i think that was the most rushed judge fast you know rush to judgment bill especially or whatever for such a bad was. idea I go like, you know, you're trying to, okay, why don't you call AB5 instead of, you know, independent contractor, AB5, whatever that was, as opposed to, okay, I hate these gig companies and just, you know, write something for just the gig companies. Don't deal with the poor plumber and the trucker and this and that. I mean, because, you know, I I mean. Or these people who have been in business as self-employed for 30, 40 years. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was like a huge umbrella that just was, or a net thrown on actual independent contractors because i don't think yeah. workers are truly independent contractors so to me it's like right no I, like traditional ic workers yeah, yes yeah so that was horrible i mean they wrote they wrote it passed it in a rush they didn't even think of the consequences i mean i'm like man that's bad yeah. so and then prop 22 ain't no uh you know, you know what i no I, bargain I mean, either this is this is my tin hat i my feeling is i think they knew about the consequences um they just didn't care (laughs) because it's it it's more than just that i think when i read some of the uh rhetoric out there uh, related to this whole you know the same with the department of labor stuff yeah it's it's not just uber and lyft but it there there is there is a fundamental feeling that they do not want people in business for themselves yeah yeah Oh, I agree with that. I mean, I... That's the scary then, part about this W-2 push that oh, some people are like, eh, whatever. Yeah. It, I, to them, I say, hey, man, they did it in California behind closed doors. Lorena Gonzalez and Newsom just signed it, and it was law. Yeah. And it, some of it, I think, <laughs> goes back to that judge's ruling because it is that. It's that power to be able to control, you know, and then... And, 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 his ruling it was the power over uh, workers compensation but it's like if we are employees you know the state has more control and yeah. uh, or and or the unions or whoever you know but there's it, yeah. it's it's really more about control and self-employment is a threat to that control and I'll take my this, and I've been now. reading articles about how about the amount of business licenses being issued. I mean, they're they're so up. People are starting their own businesses post pandemic more than ever. Unions are from soon. like twenty point one to ten percent memberships yeah. now. I mean, well, there's. Yeah. I mean, that's why a lot of the the underlying a lot of the IRS changes and rules is a lot of related to taxing small businesses and smaller transactions that small businesses ran by individuals typically do. That's a big underlying piece of it because they're missing out on that tax revenue, which is I'm always a guy that my tin hat is always it's making somebody more money somewhere. That's that's my hat. Yeah, I I just feel like they're just killing the American dream. Like, isn't it everybody's dream to either own your own business or work independently, have your own independent money? Like this is just a killer of what people are working towards for like the ultimate American dream. Right. If if, even if they don't have that dream, at least to have more control over your life yeah more independence yeah but i mean but if you do play the devil's advocate though i mean as a gig worker right if you're mm-hmm. really feeling in control 
I think you're a fool. Okay, there is well, nothing. There's nothing you're in control of. Nothing other than turn the app on or off. Mm-hmm. You have no control on anything. Right, right, right. But again, like when we're talking about, tra- see, I I mentioned this That's a lot. A I come I come from traditional IC. So. I, I listened to you the other day. You said who said that? It was um, Mike. He said that right. There are 660 different uh, independent contractor or self-employed categories. Yes, you know what I'm saying. So those are the real ICs and, and yes. self-employed, you know, business owners. We're workers are not. So don't fool yourselves. To me, it's like it's not. Right. Sergio's referencing the Mike Ruby piece that yeah, I Mike did. Ruby. If you, if yeah, you haven't great. watched it, I would listen yeah, we're, to we're, it. We're going to have him on hopefully. So we'll see. We'll see yeah, right he's uh, he's very smart. He's written a lot of legislation. He's yeah, been man. through the ringer. He understands this, and uh, he's just a good guy. So you know, uh, reality is reality, man. Right? It's here. And, and, yeah. The, although these none of these companies, three companies that are going to be affected the most, Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash, they were all asked the questions, and they all said, uh, you know, it does, Uber said it doesn't even apply to us. I'm going like, really? I mean, it shouldn't shock anybody. Uber has always, I mean, look at they get kicked out of a country, they leave, they come back, yeah. and they don't even ask the government; they just go back, yeah. and they just start operating until they work out a deal. I mean, they. They got the name disruptors, not just because they were disrupting the system, but because they were like going around every single law there is. I think deals are to be made, and then it shouldn't come down to them being forced in this way, right? That yeah. a lot of people's lives are going to be. I mean, look, the economy is bad. A lot of people depend on it. Look, even if you're making fifteen bucks an hour, is more than zero. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have hundred bucks yesterday. You have hundred bucks today. You can close a couple of holes, pay your cell phone bill, or make up rent or whatever. I think the gig economy has a place, but I think these companies have gone too far for having the cake and eating it too. You can't yeah. treat me like an employee and call me an independent contractor. Period. Yeah. That's my opinion. That's, yes, that's I agree. John, do you have more on the on the Super Bowl thing you wanted to add? Or I mean, for the the big piece of it is, I think that was the main thing is that. This transition to grocery is something that, uh, like one of my first videos, was kind of about this, that this would be kind of their, their path to profitability, be grocery delivery, dash pass. And I forgot, there was a third thing, I forgot what that was, but essentially these things have helped them increase profitability somewhat, but it's not made them profitable companies. Um, they still need to have an actual item or a good or something that they can sell and proprietarily own, something that actually has value because all all their vet, their value currently is basically data. It's basically the ability to be a middleman between transactions. So, uh, I mean, and even now looking at that comparatively, you know, these own companies, Kroger, for example, they're already starting their own quick delivery now. So <laughs> these these grocery companies are realizing, hey, Let's cut them out. We're paying all these fees. We don't need a middleman. I mean, we can invest into, you know, warehouses, essentially, warehouses and strategic places and being able to, you know, keep their groceries cool. Don't have yeah. to sh- compete with shoppers and just, okay, we need an order. We can pick this order in 15 minutes and, you know, then just get one of our people to deliver it. Now, the companies themselves, Kroger's, I don't know what they're going to do for drivers. That's the interesting part to me. Uh, because I don't think it's so it's... I found I found an answer to that. They're, really? Okay. So they're using employees, but they don't have enough. So they're supplementing it with the Instacart drivers right now. But that's obviously what is that? That's to learn exactly how many employees they'll need to do it. 
Right. Because already lot, Kroger has said they're done with Instacart. I mean, here in well, Colorado, there's ads running every it. day. Well, they just order from us about. same day, seven ninety nine, and you and their big plug is and you pay in store prices. Almost like we're sorry about what has happened. We're sorry that during the pandemic we got screwed with this Instacart company. Just go directly through us now. Well, they're also going to probably make smarter algorithms because when right now, if they go through Instacart, Instacart owns that data. But knowing what Steve buys, knowing what Sergio buys, and then sending you coupons in the future, you know, it's it's gonna it's gonna spiral into making that customer keeping them in that ecosystem versus in um, versus what they're doing with these other third party companies. So I think that's the other thing that these companies got to look out for is. Um, these other companies at grocery stores just decide to vertically integrate themselves. Which they should do if they can. Yeah, they should. They should definitely. It makes sense. I mean, Walmart's kind of made that model of Spark now by DDI and saying, okay, we're going to do, we're going to do the first essentially to vertically integrate a grocery delivery. Now, don't get me wrong. Spark still supplements with Uber Eats and uh, point pickup and whatnot for some of their delivery, but mm-hmm. um, they have, there's a model there that exists that can be, okay, let's, we don't got to reinvent the wheel really. Yeah. I'm actually surprised it took them a lot of these companies that long to figure it out that, hey, I'll be saving more money by doing it in-house opposed to outsourcing it to Instacart and all these other companies. So my theory on that is that during the pandemic, I don't know about where you are, Kim, but our grocery stores were just sadly understaffed. Mm-hmm. I mean, and even out of the pandemic, though, they're just now like they seem like they are they were pre pandemic. They're back to like normal staff. And now I feel like they're like, okay, now we have staff. Now let's pull the rug out from Instacart. Because if a chicken costs $11.99 and I got to pay $19.99 through Instacart plus all the fees, what, what are, what is this company doing to our, to our brand? It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, people, people, and there's a, I mean, clearly, guys, there's some serious de- de- deception going on because it, it's already right in front of you. You're, you're not supposed to give the receipt to the customer. That's a big red flag. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. You know. I, I, I see these companies that model evolving towards more of this, kind of like how the, the Chipotle and the food places, they went from just having one line where everybody comes in and orders to saying, okay, we got your walk-in customer line, but now we have a whole other section in the side for all the delivery orders. I think the grocery stores are going to do something similar where, okay, walk-in customers, you shop and all this stuff, but our delivery is going to come from either a warehouse or an add-on that just stays fully stocked, has less supply chain issues. And like I said, they own the they own everything except potentially the delivery. Yeah. Um, well, that's a wrap, you guys. I want to really thank everybody. Obviously, check out John and Kim if you haven't. They're, everybody's in the show notes. Uh, even our guest tonight will be. Check out Ron if you haven't. Um, more You can check out his YouTube, but also check out EntreeCourier.com, his website. A lot of information on there, guys, especially. It's readable for, all, for everybody. It's all good, readable information. He's been always good about posting that up. And uh, Ron, you got anything else that you want to plug on that? Nothing comes to mind right now. I'll follow you on Twitter now. I'll follow you on Twitter next. He's very active on Twitter. Okay, there you go. So, and Sergio, I know you got some stuff to plug, so go ahead. I know. (laughs) Well, then I'll plug it for you. No, I'm just... You guys, I, look, don't you know, we, we do a dog and pony show every Tuesday. It's doing really well called Show Me the Money Club. And, um, 
you know, I, I, you know, it's mostly right here, but then with Kim's contributions and Zach's contributions and Pedro's contributions, we're pivoting, not pivoting. We're becoming like a yeah. all, all in one kind of a channel now from, you know, these wonderful contributors doing their work. And then we do the right share that we know really well we've been doing, um, you know, I mean, right share is still there, you know, it's not going anywhere, although all these bad offers. You know, we do the show every Tuesday live at 3 p.m. Pacific. Um, um, I, I, you know, honestly, one thing, if I, if I want to plug one thing, I want to, I want to plug one thing. It, it would be our blog, which okay. I think is an amazing place to read. Although I know, unfortunately, people's attention spans are down to 15 <laughs> seconds of a TikTok video now. If even. <laughs> if that, yeah. Because yeah, four, four seconds for the hooks. Four seconds for the hook. <laughs> yeah, we we'll block. I might be down like ten. <laughs> I mean, we have like two hundred thousand, you know, um, newsletter subscribers. Okay, blog used to be huge, right? There would be like hundreds of thousands of people reading this stuff, and now we look at the blog is going like this. Blog is going like this. YouTube is going like this. <laughs> I go like, yeah. like, bro, because so people are because wrecking their brains on, on the blog. People don't like the reading, man. Right, Ron. That's what... People don't like to read, Ron. I yeah, like it's... reading your blogs. Oh, well, you know, and, like, and there, I... there was a great article today, like that came out. Amazing article. I didn't do it. Jay did it, and it was like amazing. It was like talking seriously. That's that's a plot. Please go read that article. It's about the four stages of a rideshare driver. There's four types. One is the ant, happy ant. Okay. Then there is the disgruntled independent contractor or angry independent contractor. Then there is the one that you feel like you're jailed. You can't get out of where you are. And then there's the next one that uses all the tools and becomes a creator and changes their life, go towards a plan B. So which one are you, right? It's an amazing article. So you guys, there's if my If anybody part. in the chat can grab that article and post Please go read that. Oh, I, I might be able to do it. Hold it's on. an amazing <laughs> article, right? And and you know what? As independent contractor gig workers, we all have been through different stages of those, right? Initially, we didn't know anything. We were ants. We accepted everything. Then we go, no, we got cherry picked. Then we go, oh, I'm angry because they did cut my rates. So we all have been through all those four stages. It's just like yeah. the, the stages of grief almost. <laughs> almost. Just thinking the same almost. thing. <laughs> almost. So yeah. But yeah, you guys uh, obviously try and read more. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds really stupid, but well, yeah, especially me since I don't have as much on other something. platforms. Yeah. I need more reading. <laughs> yeah, read, man. It's a good. It puts you to sleep. It's I know you guys out. are all going what, but please just read something. Read something. Once a week, read yeah. It adds up quickly. Honestly, reading just there, there twenty go. minutes Thank a day adds up quickly. TV. Yeah, Thank go. you, sir. That's the one. You know, which type of driver? Oh, are and you? if while yeah. you're there, if you like the article, read more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then go over to Ron's site, entrecourier.com. Yeah. Keep reading. Keep reading. So, you know, just read, people. Please. Yeah, 2023, the year we're bringing, bringing reading back. I know, I know everybody's going, dude, there's no way I'm going to read. And I'm just saying, just try it. Just see what happens. You, well, I, you can I do promise it. you won't get it. I Why you, you read you read all those articles that you put up, right? You read all those articles <laughs> that you put up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Read. I mean, if I if I don't read, I won't know what's going on. I won't be able to pass it along to everybody. There you go. You're not going to learn that you know Prop Twenty Two thing on TikTok, my man. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not against TikTok. Don't get me wrong. I'm actually, I'm no, I'm not either. Yeah. I just 
that there are well, some I'm, people I'm too hooked. Against it. <laughs> well, I mean, if it, but if you're plug, I mean, I do it. I get on there just to create, and I leave. Like I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> but no, but I mean, like it's just to, it's more to plug something I'm doing. If it's not doing any good, it's not. But I still do it. See, the trick with TikTok is you don't go there for you. You just watch the people you already follow. You got to switch it over when you log on. That's why you find the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I need an education on that from my son and daughter. <laughs> Don't watch random crap on TikTok. That, hey, man, that's, my that's son, education. my son is sixteen, and he said, "Why are you on TikTok?" He doesn't do it. He's like, "Why are you on TikTok?" Have him talk to my son How about that. <laughs> <laughs> my son is like this. I go, "You're gonna get carpal tunnel, bro. Stop doing it." <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that's a wrap. I want to thank everybody. Thank you, Sergio. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, John. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, everybody, for watching. And uh, we will be back here next week again for uh, the Rodeo Roundtable. And catch the Show Me the Money Club on Tuesdays on the Rideshare Guy channel. Please do. For sure. So thank you, everybody. Um, I was wearing my Michigan State jersey in honor of what happened this week. Yeah. Um, Those of you not familiar with that, it was a travesty. And uh, that's my hometown. Um, that's where I was born and raised. So it's it's really hitting hard with me. Um, and so I have a lot of friends there and everything still. And it's just, it's really ripped the town apart. So as far as I know, it's the first Big Ten school shooting and it's the first college school shooting in quite some time. Um, usually it's high schools and things like that that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. But you really don't hear about 180,000 acre agricultural school that's in the big 10 having a school shooter you know it's things are just getting weird guys so anyway um yeah just uh be safe be good out out there to people try and be friendly even in bad situations and uh Mm -hmm. earn smart and be smart make good decisions what kim says says, kindness is always what free 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 there you go you know what you just gave me an article idea there you go i'm doing it kindness is free and i'll send you the link when i do it i would love it yeah all right guys have a good night we'll see you next week